Hey out there, all you cool cats and kittens. We're hanging out in Madrigal a little bit more this week. Madrigal has a pretty huge significance in the history of Arbalea, and I think we only spent a single session very early on exploring that. There's a good chance for us to explore a little bit into our PC's backgrounds and maybe how they fit into the world at large, so it really wasn't something we as a group wanted to skim over. So sit down and buckle up as we continue our ride through the city of every road, Madrigal. And shout out to our close friends and patrons. We love each and every one of you in a totally acceptable platonic way. Thanks for everything you do for us. Now, if you want to jump right into the gameplay, you can hit the 16 minute mark. Yeah, we got a little carried away. I'll talk to you guys soon. Previously on Knucklebones. Our dear sweet friends found themselves split up in the great city of Madrigal. Liza, Babatha, and Blep wandered through the green districts until they arrived at the coven's base of operations, known as the Kettle. The trio explained to Kriechna, interim headwitch of the coven, about the Kruthik and the danger they pose to all magic users in Arbalea. Kriechna informed the crew that she will put out a call to get the information out as quickly as possible. Meanwhile, Galtier made his way to tell his family the good news. He's taking his oath. After traversing the Red District on his own for a long while, Galtier was unable to find a single family member to share the news with. So, he settles for talking with the barkeep at the Red Wall pub. Later in their evening, the Butts met back up at the castle where they ran into the king's assistant, Corvin, played by Natalie Portman, who gives them a little history on Umbros, a place he's actually been to, as he leads them yet again to the king's armory. Awaiting them is Gaultier Dejamo's brand new Oath Knight armor, a crimson breastpiece emblazoned with the poinsettia of Madrigal. Bone Boys and Scalades, Osteo Envies and Trans Taluses, Chitin Kids and all you cartilaginous folks in between, welcome to Knucklebones. Buzz, 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 buzz. Butts, 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 butts. Okay, let's talk about Tara Reed. I'm sitting okay, on my butt. So okay, so Tara <laughs> Reed awoke something in me as a fourth or fifth grader. I just oh. want to let you know. Oh, well, if so my listen. parents had any questions about whether or not I was straight, they just needed to get in my mind when Tara Reed was on the was on TV. Good, I'm so good. glad that you went there first because that was what I was gonna say too. Like she was definitely like hot shit when i was and listen like, you know mm, as a woman pie, like i uh Holy i respected a, a fellow woman being in a movie that highlights that uh, ladies got needs you know like mm -hmm. kudos, sure, kudos sure. to that and i will say in watching that's what american, american pie, pie is all about. <laughs> the reunion i mean isn't that the moral story moral of the story about women seeking sure. pleasure and and getting yeah. it you know? Sure, sure. That, if that's what you like if that, that's what you got from American Pie, then absolutely. The feminist uh I, monu monument. I, okay, don't get me started. Pie? Don't get me started on uh feminist uh, on missed I, feminist arguments I from know. from pop culture. I know. Do you want me to go into my dissertation Baja about who let again. the dogs out? Again, again. Okay, wait. Listen. I, first of all, yes, always. You keep threatening me with this dissertation. Don't threaten me with a good time. Look, serious. You just see me just whip out like an entire, like a three inch thick binder. And it's just like, bang. Dude, but it's all, but it's all handwritten. Max. Um, Max. Yeah. I, serious, serious pitch. I'll just sit here and cry over my master's degree, which is buried under a pile of comic books. 
Ser- I thought you were going to say buried <laughs> under a pile of cum, and I just... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes, straight up. Hey. was like, wow, Mikey, did not think you were the going details there. details of my relationship with my master's degree, okay? I feel like I got really fucked by the education system. I'm going... I'm just returning to And what, All right? what is it about the education oh, system geez. if not a woman seeking and finding her pleasure? <laughs> <laughs> pleasure, right? <laughs> exactly. No, okay, uh, serious mm-hmm. pitch. New podcast. Okay. We explain how this podcast idea number five. Yeah, we're just first spitballing here. We we explain uh-huh. uh, pop culture items that we have decided are feminist. We write a dissertation about them that definitely aren't. Uh, but Michael, you're not invited. It's just the dudes. It's just three three guys mansplaining why stuff that's obviously toxic is actually super feminist. I'm oh my I, God. I'm, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Cheeto Cheetah and the Seven Up Dot. I, I got it. My first I got it. He has a name, and we'll call it Thank the you. Joe Thank Rogan experience. And he's probably nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that name's taken. That was taken. <laughs> what about the Ro Jogan experience? That one. I was thinking Bro Jogan. Bro Jogan. Hey, what's yeah. up, Bro Jogan? Here, hey, I just oh, gotta explain sorry. you about Chester Cheetah real I, quick. I should have told you, Bro Jogan is already the name of my science misinformation podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I get on for ninety minutes and say things I think could be true. I don't know. I didn't check. <laughs> Bro Jogan, host of Knowledge Fight. <laughs> <laughs> Knowledge <laughs> Fight. <laughs> That's actually a podcast. Knowledge Fight is a podcast really? that makes fun of InfoWars. Oh, that's great. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's some I'm going to start one just called like Fact Punch. <laughs> fact Punch. <laughs> so anyway, Tara so, Reed. So Tara uh, Reed, yeah, yeah. First of all, so we're talking important say, things here. Feminist uh, icon Tara Reed. Feminist icon Tara Reed. <laughs> who, listen. Uh, looks great after having, uh, had her arm chopped off and then being eaten by a shark, giving birth inside the shark and cutting the shark, cutting in space because the shark had been shot into space. I'm not sure if I mentioned that part. Uh-huh. Shark flew into space. Uh, I say she has to wait for shark to start coming back down from space because my, she cuts physics. I'd like to, I'd like to interrupt you for uh, just a minute to tell you how stupid I am, which is... It wasn't until you started to say cut herself out of a shark that was in space that I realized you were talking about her character and not Tara Reed, the human being in the real world. I was like, she lost a fucking arm? (laughs) I feel like I would have heard about that. Well, you heard about her tits and you didn't hear about her arm? Yeah, I guess, you know, it just wasn't in the loop. I thought you were going to say something about her looking great for having dozens of obvious plastic surgeries. I mean, yeah. There's Honestly, that, I have that, not seen Tara Reid in decades uh, since since because you haven't watched the I have Sharknado franchise. Attention. Obviously, no, I have not. She's probably a wonderful woman. She probably is a wonderful. Listen, I'm not hating on Tara Reid. As I said, she cut herself out of a shark after having a baby inside. I think that was the same. I'm pretty sure that all of those things that the shark and the space and the baby and the chainsaw all happened in the same. One, it's hard to know, guys. I mean, it's these very, are movies with taglines like "Oh no" and "Enough said." So, you know, Mikey, can you watch your waves, please? <laughs> you told me earlier that I needed to be louder, and just so I moved just watch them. Closer. Is what I'm saying. 
It's fine. Watch it. Hey. You watch it. Watch it. I've got some for you to watch. It's called Sharknado 3. Best watch yourself. I'm a wanted man. What? I got Star Wars quotes, guys. It's my whole personality. Yeah. Yeah. People still like Star Wars. I so have anyway, the death sentence on 12 systems. That's really, that's really the one that you want to get in. Like that's the like sweet spot. Mega Shark is pretty great. There is also Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark, which is, I mean, not uh -huh. quite as exciting as you want it to be, but it's, you know, it's there. Um, Did you guys see Joe versus the volcano? Oh, excellent mm -hmm. film. Who was that? It was Meg Ryan that had like six roles in that movie or something. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Nick, what she was I don't the know what to say to that. What, what what about what Mikey was just saying made you say that? I want to know what the connective she tissue just... between Mecha Shark oh, and talking... Joe versus the volcano is. <laughs> she's just talking about all these weird versus movies and like I think Joe versus the volcano is <laughs> All right, hey, that's a, that's a you pretty good verse. You know what's fucking fair. I feel like Joe versus the volcano is is a is like a YouTube series that makes fun of Joe Rogan, like de <laughs> like thinking that he's debunking volcanoes or something. And it's just like it's like an eight part video series, and it's just like here's all the fucking dumb shit Joe Rogan said about Dude, volcanoes. They're not even they're like, not even real. It's just ancient ancient Earth zits, man. They're not even real volcanoes, dude. That'd be Joe Rogan. Scientist extraordinary. <laughs> if you take DFT, you'll understand. They're not even real. <laughs> I, the thing, but Raging Sharks, which is a different shark franchise. In fact, I don't even know if it's a franchise. So I don't know if they're. I mean, surely there's now, a sequel. To be clear, but... Raging Sharks is not some sort of prequel to Raging Bull. No, it is not. I mean, what? Could no, be. It's definitely not. So there are these sharks. I'm sure there's a fanfic right? somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> there are these sharks, and then there's also like this like underground lab, you know, like there is. Uh, mm -hmm. And then also there's aliens, and like oh yes, like there is. Yeah, so you only like see the aliens kind of like from space like once, and they like drop some space trash in the ocean. And space it, like, is better than ocean. And it pisses these sharks off, right? Like it, <laughs> this space trash just like makes these sharks just fucking furious. So they start raging. And just fucking killing shit. And they're like, what are we gonna do? All these sharks are just fucking killing shit, you know? And they're fucking apex predators. What are we gonna do? And then, of course, someone has to figure out that there are aliens involved. Actually, I think maybe the aliens come back for their space trash and they save the day. So they're kind of like the hero and the villain. And the sharks are just victims I, of circumstance. I'm so confused by so many of the things you've said. I don't think I want to watch any of those. You've definitely watched all of them. <laughs> they sound great to talk about, but not to spend an hour and a half with. But that hour and a half Nick, gives you just... You have just so succinctly summarized all of my experiences with app dating. <laughs> <laughs> so much more fun to talk about than to spend an hour with. <laughs> Can I, I, I just, like I said, I really want to do a bit, uh, I want to know about, and maybe this is for the next x-ray, so, uh, if you guys aren't members of our Patreon, I'm gonna try to sneak this into the next x-ray, wherein, um, I, I get the dating profile of Gaultier and Lysa, specifically. Oh, dude. Oh. Holy shit. I, We've got sparks flying? See, the problem is that I feel like Liza and shockingly, I feel that my persona on Tinder is very much 
Liza energy, uh, <laughs> despite the fact that I cannot display that confidence in any sense anywhere else. I and sometimes you just gotta channel Liza, though. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's what yeah. you gotta do. The idea of Liza having, you know seven or eight photos of themselves that are just fully different fucking people in every photo. Yes. It's like, <laughs> it's just such a funny, you're like, oh yeah, magical Tinder would be insane. Oh, yeah. it would be so wild. It's just oh like, I mean, God. so what's your vibe? I can be big Liza, little Liza, thick Liza, thin Liza, man Liza, lady Liza, or like, who knows? You know, how, you know how when you answer the little prompts, it'll be like, you know, what are you looking for? You can put like, not sure yet or whatever. It would be like that, but for like height, weight, hair color, I like. <laughs> Every answer is just, it depends. Yeah, fuck around and find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, the amount of women on Tinder who have their profile is fuck around and find out. Holy shit. You're not creative. <laughs> okay. I, uh, okay. In, in... Sorry. Those are no, just. No, the... I'm like, interesting. I'm just taking in, like, what the, the trends are. What's the vibe? You know, based on what you guys tell me. Like, yeah, like, fuck around the... and find out. And I'm not a little, I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious. Like, that's big basic energy, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what basic is. The annoying thing is that it's always the really cute ones. I was really considering um, deleting all of my real information and replacing it with the line from the song Let's Get It On that just says, if the spirit moves you, let me groove you. Which I... Uh... <laughs> Perfect. No. That's it. I mean, well... Yeah. You see, it only depends on the mood, right? Like, and I... Okay, it's so evil. It is so easy to be like, well, I would. I've been with the same person since I was 16 years old. Fuck if I know what I would do. I would be terrified. But, like, I just try to, like, think about what I would do when you say these things. Or when you were, like, talking about how you're, like, I'm giving away no personality on my dating profile. And I'm like, I wonder what, how I would actually judge people if I was, like, not just in a totally safe position to just be judgy about literally everyone. I mean, I... I sent this one to Max, but I will read it. I don't remember if I sent it to everybody. It's the my favorite. It's the only one I've screenshotted because it was good. <laughs> Everything else has been like, look at this fucking oh. disaster. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, so this is this is the entirety of the about me. Uh, carefully written fact check essay in the streets, unmoderated comment section in the sheets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking just. A1. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's fucking that's... incredible. Nicely yeah. done. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Also, it was really weird. Over the course of about 12 hours, horse girls just <laughs> everywhere. I went from not seeing any for weeks to I saw maybe 15 in 12 hours. And it Is was terrifying. Is it because you terrifying. were spot Did you open your app in Newberg? <laughs> <laughs> no. Fucking got him. It sounds like app dating is fucking wild. Yeah, oh, like a, it's a, it's oh, simultaneously it's... the worst for your confidence in the world, but also just like so good for my mental health. <laughs> I mean, um, you're making me feel really good about myself, you know? Yeah. Like my favorite one that I've seen is, "Oh, you're a stoner? Okay, then name every stone." I <laughs> that just perfection. There's there's only 3, right? What? Metamorphic igneous and sedimentary. Thank you. Yeah, Boom. there's only 3. Boom, got him. Oh. Boom. Done. Done. Is that 
Is that some Alaska knowledge right there? No, that's Maybe. fucking geology. That's basic earth science. Where the fuck are you? are a teacher. Whoa. Coming in hot, <laughs> dude. Holy shit. I know nothing of stones. I learned that shit in the fourth grade because I Same. still remember yep. songs about it. Yep. I remember watching it in school Set with my best friend Curtis. You, you know nothing of stones. Boom, 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 boom. Well, speaking of stones and stoners and being stoned, let's teleport ourselves to the Castle Madrigal. Once again, you find yourselves within the King's Armory, deep within the Castle of Madrigal. Lit sconces illuminate shelves and shelves of potions and racks of weapons and armor. There's a workbench with alchemy tools behind which are jars of various ingredients from ash blossoms and frog eyes to sour grass and nightshade. And they're sourgrass kids, though, because those are my favorite. Yes, sourgrass kids. Corvin, <laughs> the king's advisor, stands in the door stoically. I've been instructed to inform you to take what you would like within reason. The king understands how truly difficult it is to uncover truths, treasures, and such. Do you have a vorpal sword? A vorpal sword. I do not believe that to be in the king's inventory, although feel free to seek out what you would like. May I commission one? I'll take it under advisement. Good to know. I like you. <laughs> that's... That's fine. Is that a black feather on your, on your elbow? Well, my entire cloak is put together with the feathers of dead and killed ravens. You didn't you like have it? to say dead and killed. You could have just said feathers of ravens. <laughs> <laughs> I take also, much pride in killed? my bird killing abilities. It, it does seem awfully macabre of you, friend. Have, uh, have you me. ever I'm tried to sleep with a raven outside your window? Oh, well, what? I mean, I, I do. I did live in a tree for a while. Well, more in its roots. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I still kind of do. It's. So you you never should have sold that that those roots. That that's only skyrocketed in value since you sold it. I've just I can't believe you did that. I, well, but see, I retained the air rights, so every time the tree grows up, yeah, it actually they owe me rent. <laughs> so now that's wow. just good property investment. That's oh, some yeah. incredible yeah. negotiation yeah. skills, baby. Well, you know, you know, you, Mikey, do you, you do what you that do. That is a bleak view into our real world future that has now made me incredibly sad i i can oh, just no. see the sweaty middle management trying to get rent out of a fucking tree it's gonna happen i i am sorry guys like i am a little bit sick so my my throat is a little scratchy and my voice is a little bit off but uh, yeah it's I'm weird because like the face of my husband is talking but this voice is coming through my headphones i feel I like it know. makes me corvin so much easier it really does yeah, I do, um, I do also want to point out that you really stressed that Corbin is Natalie Portman, and the first thing you did was more weird oblique black swan refs. I, you know, I see what you're doing. Yes. Natalie Portman, so, if you're listening, please reach out. Uh, we our love people you will so talk to your much, people. Natalie Portman, and Black Swan is one of my favorite films. Hey, a special surprise for all of you, uh, you know, boneheads out there is this clip that we're going to play right now from the real Natalie Portman. 
Oh my god, you guys, I can't believe you wow. did that! That was, that was I can't believe yeah. she answered my question about whether or not her character's decision to date a dude that she that she met when he was five and she was like 14 wasn't weird canonically. Uh, it's weird that she chose to answer that question. Anyway, so, listen, listen to our uh, additional podcast, Upholding the Patriarchy, where we explain Phantom Menace, the feminist icon. Oh my god. Okay, I'm gonna pivot yes. us back into the dungeon of Madrigal. Or the armory Nick, of Madrigal. I'm so sorry. What? The dungeon? Not the yes, welcome to my dungeon. The dungeon. Please sign this waiver. Um, <laughs> so, so, I told you guys last week that we were gonna be coming down here uh, to maybe come up with a few items that Galtier, Liza, Babatha, and Blep would be interested in taking out of this armory. So, this is the king's armory. There's all sorts of stuff here that is from mundane to magical to enchanted. I mean, there's a little bit of everything down here, and it's a pretty massive room. So, lay it on me. We just met. What are you guys looking at? What are you guys interested in down here? Are you trying to pick up some armor? Are you trying to pick up some weapons? Um, Some items? Potions? Alchemy supplies? Well, I think we should all take a moment and just kind of ooh and ah at Gaultier's breast pitly for a minute, or else I think he might cry. Yeah, Um, it's, um... And by him, I mean Matt. (laughs) Yeah, you can't tell that Matt got some work done on his breast's plate. (laughs) It's weird. I had to talk to the doctor for a very long time to get him to put a poinsettia in. Wow. Damn. He's got like an Iron Man style poinsettia in the middle of his chest. <laughs> wow, that that actually be fucking dope. So, so what'd you guys come up with? What kind of items are you guys are you guys interested in that you uh, might want to take along with you back towards Astrobale? Well, mm-hmm. I think that uh, let's see. So the last time that we were in here, Babitha obviously got her beautiful walking quarterstaff uh, that she transformed into her homunculus service ser- <clears throat> that she transformed into her homunculus servant hubbub the hurry staff um, so uh, I think she she's a little bit tempted by the potions always you know but she's getting a little bit more skilled in her craft and maybe is a little bit more reliable in what she can produce she walks past a a big glass case that just has like all these like beautiful rings and there's this like gilded yeah. brooch in there that really is like speaking to her you uh, see the infinity gauntlet you see the uh, the infinity gauntlet is there uh Blep is actually going to take that. I already put it on his sheet. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, Whoa, Blep is Thanos. Yeah, the whole time. I knew it. Yeah, they got wow. the color wrong. Yeah, he's red. I've been trying to tell you. Whoa. Oh my gosh. This has been an MCU show the whole time? Oh my god. Are we going to get sued? <laughs> anyway, so she's That's looking at all these flashy right. things. There's this beautiful brooch in there that she's pretty tempted by it would look really nice really you know kind of shush up her look um she keeps kind of looking and looking um and while she's preoccupied looking at some things in cases blep actually has kind of split off from her and is wandering around 
Blep isn't really planning on taking anything unless, you know, Babitha kind of gives him the clear. I mean, he might, like, if there's something small he can pocket, even though it's not really stealing if you've got permission, but it's just old habits. Um, but he is turning to walk back towards Babitha and sees an ornate cane. Nick, mm. do you want to tell me what the cane looks like? What kind of fancy ass cane would there be in here? So it's a really, it's a really narrow, dark oak cane that has this gold cap at the bottom, and it transitions into a, a gold top with this ivory wolf head on the pommel. And it's baring its teeth, snarling, and the eyes like almost glowing ruby eyes that stare like the the light from the sconces glisten at blep as he looks at it and would you say that these rubies match and complement his oh for sure for sure for sure blep is like kind of looking around you know grabs it kind of you know holds it in his hand and uh there's kind of a, a a tall mirror on one of the bookcases that he walks over while Owen's looking at him and he kind of you know puts his arm out starts a couple poses you know kind of looking ooh like, looking dapper d- you know he's he's just really feeling the vibe you know it's, ooh, it's a good yeah, it's a yeah. good look for him uh, <clears throat> okay yeah so so Blep is striking some of his poses in this mirror and he sees Corvin just like sidestep into view behind him in the mirror Hmm. Small one, this is the veteran's cane. I see you found a vested interest in it. Should you wish to own it, it is yours. But kind of half smiles. Still, he's looking at Corrin in the mirror, like, instead of turning around. He reaches his hand out and takes it away from Blep, and for an instant you just hear Corvin go, speaking grung to Blep. And he reaches it back out and he says, the cane, like, transforms into a sword in his hand. Oh! Blep's eyes light up and he uh, responds. And he's very excited. So nobody knows what the activation word is, but it's in Grung. I mean, Babitha does. Babitha speaks for him. Oh yeah, right, 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 right. Ah, sweet. So then I think he's gonna strut his way over to Babitha and show off his cane, kind of, you know, with his cloak around while he's showing it to her. Oh my, that's rather dashing. Oh, I like it. It's so cool. Yes. Oh, and the red and the red. I love it. I love it. Of course, to you guys, she's croaking indistinguishably. She's clearly engaging with him in grung. And... Godly, you'll never believe me when I say I have no fucking clue what's going on right now. Oh, no. Now you're in my domain. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As Babitha is talking to Blep, she just, like, out, kind of just past him, sitting in a corner, uh, sees this kind of, like, nondescript broom. Mm Mm-hmm. And it seems out of place. Like, at first she thought maybe it was just cleaning supplies, but she's getting a really strong vibe off of it. And as she 
looks at closer. So she notices uh, as she's looking at it that it's clearly sitting on a stand, which is a little bit odd if it were in fact a tool made for cleaning. Like why would you put your broom on a stand? And so she gets a little excited inkling and she rushes over to it. And there's a brass placard right next to it that just says broom of flying. Quite simple indeed, Miss Burbage. Do you know King Hector himself rode this broom into battle? You don't see What? This very one. Me. And Liza turns into the king. <laughs> oh my god. I Me. wish everybody could see how hard I rolled my eyes just now. <laughs> As the lights flicker and I point to myself and say me. Although, Miss Burbage, the king's days of riding into battle are far behind him. And so, should you desire this broom, I would consider it yours. Oh, well, I, I'm, I, I couldn't... Well, okay, great. Sadil, thanks, bye! <laughs> Not the only Just wood she wants from off. the king. Bow, 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 she wants to have sex with the king. <laughs> now I feel like that could have remained unsaid. Yeah. I mean, I don't really understand you personally, so I just wanted to be extra clear. What do you not understand? So much. Okay, so, gee, what are you getting? <laughs> <laughs> Roll for transition. Um, yeah. <laughs> Roll for segue. That was a real Nick segue there. You know what? I appreciate the help with the segues, though. By the way, honestly, you, you, you call that I shit mean, I just did. Hey, I just did a bunch it's, of scene dressing still, for it you. It was still You're better welcome. than mine. Oh no, that was great. Yeah. Uh, that was really good, though. <laughs> Gaultier Dejamot, the man of the hour. The crimson-colored breast piece with a poinsettia. What are you checking out while you're down here? I think the while um, sort of this, you know, there's a little bit of a like uh, smorgasbord feel as we run through here and grab things, but Galtier is laser-focused this time. Um, he has he has like pulled off his armor and is just he's been putting the he probably spent a couple minutes truly just admiring it and is now like strapping in the breastplate getting it all situated like he's rolling his shoulders getting the fit and the feel you know um he's sort of quietly like having a moment uh with the breastplate while you know babitha's learning about the broom and all these things yeah for sure um corvin corvin pops up behind you and at like as you're like trying to strap one piece on, he grabs the leather piece or the oh. the the strap on one of the sides and just janks it just a little bit tight, just like obviously helping you, giving you it an up. Uncle Joe Biden shoulder rub, <laughs> breathes on your neck. He like brushes off your shoulders and like like straightens the armor for you a little bit, and he steps back. And he he looks you he looks you up and down while your friends are looking for these various uh, items that they're finding, and he puts out his hand and he says, "Sir, Dejamot." Uh, no calling you that. Galtier's gonna give him, you know, a fucking sweet predator handshake. Uh, 
and then just call like over his shoulder at that. And they're like, well, now you're going to have to. It's official. <laughs> and now, okay. now you keep Corvin, my friend, uh, obviously I, I got these shiny new digs here and I think it might be time for me to uh, uh, upgrade a little more of my kit uh, and he'll pull out his rapier um, and sort of just his jersey and his cleats yeah yeah he <laughs> and stab Corbin right in the stomach <laughs> yeah well I mean to be fair his kit refers to like his badminton racket I think that's probably who called to speed oh he's See, upgrading from a Wilson a... to a Babylon yeah. I really would have assumed that you were a racquetball guy squash squash mm. squash Ooh, squash squash is a real rich man's game but is it as rich as tennis, though, Max? Uh, it's it's much more so. <laughs> really? Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, but tennis is just more accessible. This is a can of worms I don't actually want to open. I don't think I know the difference between squash and racquetball. Oh, racquetball's uh, in a room. Aren't they both in a weird room? You're in an They're both in weird rooms. But, but uh, you're not. Squash is with a ball that uh, the actually it starts out kind of dead, and the heat of the friction of hitting the ball harder and harder actually makes the ball go faster because the airs inside expand and make it bounce more. And then with racquetball, you have a state you have a ball that basically stays the same every single time you hit it. Also, the size of rackets is significantly different, as well as the stringing and the strings that go inside. For dum dums like me, it would make sense to confuse those two. Yeah, no, it makes no sense, and you are correct. Okay. Also, your your description of how squash was working when you were saying, like, the more you hit it, the hotter it gets. Uh, again, speaking of dating profiles. Hell yeah, it does. <laughs> I was thinking pickleball, not squash. Oh, yeah. Pickleball is the Very new different. is the new game. It's, it's what will rule uh, racket sports in the future, and I could genuinely make $80,000 uh, working part-time if I moved down to Florida and taught pickleball. Pickleball in high school gym class. So I guess Matt also probably yeah, had that was like the best week of gym class. class. Pickleball's fun as hell. Yes, easily yeah. and ping pong. It's great. And I'm not good at it, so I love uh, being. I in actually kitchen. like I like badminton, and it's because I'm not good, right? But I am tall, and so I'm like the perfect person to like have by the net for the like impromptu strike, you know, like spike, mm-hmm. like down because I'm just gonna go ah! <laughs> stick my thing up, and then like. You know, no one else can reach it because he's tall. But Nick and I played team sports together my senior year of high school. He carried me through senior year. I would, you know, we, senior year. We used to play a party game we called Beer Mitten, and it's just badminton except you must have a beer with beer in it in one hand at all times. Uh, you are not allowed to ever not have a beer. Uh, and it's very fun. It's real fucking Kinda dumb. sounds like how our old roommate played ping pong. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> I forgot where I was in my narration. Galtier will uh, pull his rapier out uh, and sort of, uh, as I described it, I think a billion episodes ago now, it is more of like a Colomarche style. It's got that sort of like trifoil blade thing going on, um, but fancy long stabby sword. Uh, and he will sort of just show it to Corvin uh, and say, uh, now, as you may know, this is my preferred blade of choice, but perhaps you have something in this style that would be a little more... Uh, fit in a man of my particular station. That would be Sir Babitha. <laughs> sir Babitha, yes, I agree. I'd make an excellent that, knight. You may call me sir. Yes, that's fine. 
Ever Listen, I mean, I'm, I'm not so much someone that, that needs to change their pronouns, but I'm, I'm perfectly, I mean, any pronoun, as long as it's said with respect, is fine by me, and sir is a really great title, so, I mean, by all means. You are a confounding woman. Why, thank you, darling. He takes the rapier from Gaultier's hands, and he turns it over in his own hands. Yes, this is a fine blade, isn't it? Well, I suppose as an exchange, I do have something that you might like a bit more. Um, and he leads you over to this, these cases that are on the wall, these glass cases. And he open, he unlatches one of them and folds it up. And there's this, there's this sword um, on a rack in this case. Do you want to describe it or do you want me to? Oh, hey. I would love to describe it. <laughs> Yeah, because Mikey's about to hit us with the rainbow dildo of <laughs> casting grease over here. No, it casts web. Oh! It definitely casts... It, 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 I mean, it actually creates a little slickness, but it's fine. No, uh, Nick, I would love I would love for you to uh, hit, hit me with that description. Tell me, tell me what this thing is. Okay. He opens up this glass case... Uh, and you look into it, and you see this long, straight blade. Uh, it's generally sh- shaped similar to the one that you previously had, but the the handle itself and the finger guard and the hand guard are just a little bit bigger and very clearly made out of like a very ornate, polished platinum or something of that nature. Mm. And he reaches it and pulls it out, and you see as the blade comes out of the, the hand guard, the blade itself is like this dark blue oil stained almost rainbowy color and he just lifts it off this off this shelf and he hands it towards you he's holding like the point of the blade so that you can grab the handle and he says perhaps this is something you might like to try this was bestowed upon the king by a dear friend Elton Carter slain in combat unfortunately but he swore to the ends of the earth that this blade granted him all the luck in the world that the gods could give perhaps it will be of assistance to you as a friend of the king uh, Galtier will take the sword and do a couple little like you know like quick little parries and thrusts and say like well now man could never run too short on luck I believe this is uh Something that can help me out, Mata. Thank you, sir. Indeed. Um, so, I guess mechanically speaking, so this is—I I, don't—it's—it's it's a luck blade, but it's really more of like a lucky blade because we're we're nerfing that last little clause in the luck blade that is wildly overpowered. <laughs> um, What's the French word for lucky? Because I think you're so just. It is le lucky. I think is the correct way. A little lucky. Uh, no. Um, a little lucky. Yeah, so the, it, uh, it's a plus one sword, and it um, also gives me a plus one of saving throws, which is sick. And then once per day, I can get a reroll on a attack uh, ability check or saving throw. That's awesome. Yeah. I love the, uh, the luck feat is one of my favorite feats, and so anytime that the possibility of having something like remotely similar to that comes up, I'm just like... It just is so perfect to me. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Galtier got his sword. Babatha got her broom. Blep got his cane. He's a fucking dapper. 
Liza Ustrovichel, what are you looking at? What are you eyeballing around these parts? You just turn around and you see the king like trying on some really, really just too tight <laughs> pants. Just the pants are just there's a moose knuckle that you didn't know was possible. Um, oh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, how well endowed has Liza made the king? Oh, so endowed. Like just really, really teasing Babasa so to the point endowed. of like, it's like, it's her arm. It's aggressive. Uh, okay. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah. Like this is some, this is some straight up anime shit. Um, Yikes. Yeah. Very etchy. Okay. So, um, <laughs> Liza, for the most part, is kind of looking at what look like mundane items because Liza is a metagamer and always assumes that the most like mundane looking items are the most powerful. So at first, uh, Liza is actually, yeah, Liza's just going to hold up a bucket, uh, and just (laughs) say, Corbin, I assume you know what this is. Uh, yes, that is a bucket. Can you say bucket? Fuck it. And then Liza just throws the bucket over their shoulder and just keeps walking. Clink, 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 clink. Yeah, just like... Knocks a bunch of things Never over. mind, moving on. Um, and, uh... I mean, it worked for Babitha, you know, she saw the money, you just, the bucket wasn't yeah. on a stand, Liza, you yeah. gotta look for the stand. Oh, yeah, it wasn't on a gilded mm, yep. stand. Yeah, Yeah. there wasn't a uh, placard. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I was gonna get the, uh, what is it, the, the, um, Holy Grail. <laughs> uh, so, the two things that Liza is looking at are, uh, a a set of studded leather armor that is all black but kind of has a metallic sheen to it and um, mm, yeah. and Liza is generally knows what this is but is gonna keep looking around has has their eye on it the other thing is a uh, is a little pebble that's about the size of their palm and uh, it's a, a rock, a smooth rock that's the size of their palm. And they uh, are checking it for the engravings of what type of iron stone this is. And uh, they see that it is an, uh, oh gosh, an iron stone of mastery. An iron stone of mastery holds it up to uh, Corbin and is just like anybody particularly attached to this thing? Just <laughs> maybe? Uh, yes. One of the old bookkeepers in the great library. I can't recall his name. Was it Diego or was it Jenkins? He swore by this particular stone. It is of great value. Are you aware of what this iron stone actually is? I mean, it makes me feel tingly bits when I hold it. And honestly, um... Yes, that is all that it does. Are you aware of the franchise also known as Star Wars? 
the Star Wars. I've not heard of it. The well, Star Wars. Well, I have. The reason you haven't heard of it is. You may not have heard of the Star Wars because um, a, a good friend of mine, um, his name is Luke, he is writing it, and he he writes it... Um, that doesn't seem right. His name was I George! Mean, you told me your friend's name was George! No, is his it's friend Luke. real? Please it's do Luke. go on. Tell his me of the Star Wars. His name is Luke Anakin, and he's... Remember now, George was the other fellow, yet real talentless hack, that George. Yeah. Yes, he's a. Uh, he honestly just tried to fill me up every single time and was just like, hey there, um, I, you know, I'd love to. I, 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 uh, so he didn't have game, he had bad game. So yes. we don't talk about George. Um, this sounds very nearly like something we could get sued for. <laughs> George seems um, rather litigious. Uh, correct. Don't be litigious. Don't be litigious. <laughs> so about don't this stone. Don't be litigious. Yes, I. I mean, I. I feel as though it. It makes sense that this would come from or be owned by previously a a librarian, a person who is. Um, proficient in all sorts of things. It, it seems as though I would have... I've heard of Iron Stones, but I have not necessarily ever tried one. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure how they taste. I, I eat it, right? Oh, oh no, I have no, to cook it? no, Liza, no, please, please. Take yourself... No, oh, stop it, stop it! Oh, okay. Liza. I, I, I just oh, want Liza, to lick. Simply... you find a rock candy over there, Liza? Let me, let me get a piece of that. Let me crack it up and <laughs> maybe can there's break some... It in half. <laughs> Yeah, you get one. I get one. Simply, gently toss the stone up towards your head and watch how it encircles and grants you all different forms of abilities. Do it. I'll throw it at you. And allow me. He takes it and throws it at your head. <laughs> uh, Liza's <laughs> just gonna grab it and just like really gingerly like. Like when you're when you're throwing water on your face, uh, like really cold water on In your face, you're like, commercial. You're like eh, eh, just like eh, not like just so weak because you don't want to commit to getting water all over like your chest or whatever. Liza does in that. The background goes. Oh, maybe she's born with it. <laughs> maybe it's the mystery. It will workshop that. One. <laughs> if there's something there, we just gotta we just gotta dig it up. We can't all be bards. What can I say? Okay. And uh, Liza's just gonna like toss it gingerly towards themselves, and then it just like whizzes just slowly past their ear, and they think it just it's like oh, okay, whatever. This isn't gonna do anything. And then it like orbits around comes and comes back, back up again. <laughs> Like through my legs, and uh, and I'm just like, it's a fushigi. I'm sorry, did Liza just get a magic fushigi? Do you not know what an iron stone is? I don't mm. know what the fushiki is. Oh no, please. Oh, okay. God. Oh no. First of all, you need to immediately Google fushigi slash hand juggling because it needs to be Liza's new fucking jam. Corvin uh, reaches in his cloak and produces a beautifully polished fushigi ball. Did somebody say fushigi? Is it like a Benoit ball? 
No, it's you know Labyrinth with I David Bowie. Were, I knew you were gonna you say know, that shit. You know, you know Labyrinth with David Bowie. Why don't you just describe the ball? It's just a clear ball about the size of a grapefruit. Is that the ball that he does the the the? the yes, that's contact. With? It's called contact juggling. Oh Fushigi was a brand of this like specific contact juggling ball that was like really had these incredible infomercials uh, on TV when we were in what middle school? No, we were much older. Nick and I both bought each other Fushigis for Christmas one year because it was hilarious, and that would have been. Mm-hmm. Contact juggling has to be the funniest euphemism for jerking it, right? Contact contact juggling is legitimately really impressive, like, when it's done by a skilled contact juggler. It's just like (laughs) juggling. It's really lame until you see a cool juggler and you're like, oh, shit, that's dope. Right? It's like, it's it's quite impressive and it's not easy. uh, So anyways. (laughs) But it is something that Liza needs. So you fushigied. Uh, you've got the iron stone floating around you in all sorts of uh, ridiculous manners, apparently. They usually just go around your head, but I like the idea with Liza. It just, like, goes all over the place. It doesn't quite know where to It's an erratic orbit. orbit. Yeah, 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 I love that. Um, um, okay, but also, I really don't know what an iron stone is. Oh, it's basically like a... Uh, there are different types of iron stones of different, like, rarities and everything... And the Iron Stone, ma- uh, the Iron Stone of Mastery is. Uh, it gives me a. Um, ooh, I have to roll a D three. How do I roll a D three? One D six. And then it's one, one and two, three and four, five and six. Okay. Okay, one foot. So it 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 orbits at one foot around me, um, and this one gives me and uh, it increases my proficiency bonus by one. Um, so So it just looks cool and like so the the spiraling around your head is just because it looks cool and also you want everybody to know how awesome you are it's it's like a big flex definitely to have an iron stone I think of it as like those um, the the trainer balls in Star Wars just like hovering you oh that's Uh, where you were going with that Yeah. (laughs) I realize now that we never really closed that loophole did we (laughs) and we're back okay Okay. so so, yeah you've got this cool iron stone that has an erratic orbit about you um Liza so should you desire the iron stone it is yours as the king wills it that is extremely kind and you know uh also as you will it the king wills it and thus I will it because you guys want to bone okay so uh I will say I Mr. Uh, Mr. Portman, I I do I Cor- I'm Corvin. walking Corbin. It's a it's spelled it, it's a it's with a C. Corvin. Thank you. Cor- Corvin. Yes. Corvin. It's close. Corvin. What you're trying to say, it's very close. I don't okay. hear the difference That's fine. between the two. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's Carnesa. Car. Yeah. So should um, you desire this stone, it is yours. I appreciate it, Corvin. I, I also appreciate the kindness of the king. I, you know, as as someone who can be anyone they wish, I do think it would behoove the king to also give uh, me the best tools 
to allow me to serve him in the best way possible. I say this Ayunstone, uh, and I did not know of its of its mastery, and I appreciate your uh, your uh, gracious gift to me. But I am also quite curious about this bad boy. Oh fuck! Um, <laughs> you punch uh, Corbin. Ow! <laughs> Liza, Liza, cal- <laughs> Liza, please calm down. You have to be careful. That stone is just floating around, and you might bump into it every now and again. <laughs> Ow! I'm. Is this what I have to deal with? Um, but no, uh, Liza, just like just really like aggressively pulls off this leather armor that is on the table and it looks like a tutu it's a it's a leather tutu <laughs> at that moment <laughs> what? and Liza and, this doesn't seem to be your style I'm rather surprised oh have you do you not know of the glamoured leather armor it is a wildly important piece of equipment for the most advanced bards in hmm. all of Arbalea. I, I truly, uh, I. It would mean so much to me if I could, if I could use this, mostly for kinky shit, but also for the, the mostly. He winks at you. I don't want it anymore. Um, <laughs> well, then it is settled. Liza's just he, going to he be takes like. Takes it from you and turns around, starts walking back to the shell. Corvin. Was that your goal the whole time? I'm not going to play with you, big boy. I might, though. Do you really what? want this? Tutu? I do, and I will do anything to get it. And by anything, I mean I will pay you. Oh, the lights. Oh, how much? Uh, <clears throat> that won't be necessary, but if you were going to pay me, how much would it be? Roughly 10 gold. And this would be an IOU. This would come out of future, but future you payment. But personally, though, Corvin, you see, like, because obviously, like, you know, you were just the middleman here. You consider it a tip, right? It's a cash tip. Hmm. No, I wouldn't say it's a tip. I would say it's a finder's fee because he brought Ooh, us down here, yes. you know? Oh, yes, yes. Yes. You are middleman. You are most powerful middleman in world. Fifteen gold pieces the next time I see you and it's yours, considering you've already acquired the Iron Stone of Mastery. Okay, whatever. Seems very Now, to be clear, he throws it at your face. The next time that you see them, but what if they don't see you? Don't overcomplicate a simple transaction, please, Mr. That's not even how it works. We're just blindfolded you next time we come into the no, I'm Bailiff, do you think that every time you've closed your eyes, you've cast an invisibility spell of some is, sort? <laughs> is she on a potion again? When is she not on a potion? Right. She's on the potion of your lie. boss's love. Thank you for asking. I had some interesting successes on the road. My my potions, I believe I'm actually quite refining my, my craft. And because we had a moment of downtime, I just thought it was a safe time to test one of my... My other, um, my, um, what did you want, dear? If that is all, you have your gear, you have your mission, you have your writ. I do suggest that you get a good night's sleep and you take care of what the king has asked you to take care of. Take care of each other or, or whatever. I will say, um... I doubt we see you out on the road um, because you that would only. Be weird. 
No, yeah, that I would don't. be so weird. Who would even Do you leave think... here, like, ever, Kofi? Yeah. This Do you is... get a vacay? When was the last time you felt the breeze of the shit in the sewer? <laughs> he just oh. gazes at you with his one, like, glossy, gross eye, and he just looks and doesn't say anything. If that is all. This guy gets out all the time, if you know what I mean. He turns and begins to leave the room. <laughs> I'm just realizing that I have a different... You just described the, like, one gross eye, and now I'm just having to reformulate Corfin's Natalie picture. Portman. Yeah, Natalie Portman well, with just one eye. So fairly, fairly early on when we described Corvin as played by Natalie Portman, it was... Corvin, played by Natalie Portman, who was playing Helena Bonham Carter in Big Fish as the witch. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> and, and, so, and, and somehow Mila Kunis got thrown in there, too. I don't oh remember where God. she falls into Probably it. Probably just but... because I am in love with her. <laughs> yeah, I've just been picturing uh, a like Natalie Portman in The Black Swan uh, and occasionally, like in the reflection of things on the side, it's like Mila Kunis, and yeah, like yeah. that yes. is—that's just what I've been picturing this. Whole Natalie time. Portman yes. doing her best Helena Bonham Carter, and every now and then you get a glimpse of of Mila Kunis. Oh, in the see, mirror. I just have been assuming it's full Princess Amidala regalia the whole time. <laughs> oh my god! With the what's the one with the like red dots and shit? Yeah. You know, like... Natalie Portman as Hella Bonham Carter doing an impression of Kira Knightley, whose reflection is actually Mila Kunis. Didn't Tatiana Mosley do that in Orphan Black, where she was like playing a different? Yes, it is. She was. She's like pretending to be somebody else, pretending to be her or something. Yeah. It's just like oh. so wild she's, that people can she, do that. Yeah. So Tatiana Maslany Maslany plays all of the clones, right? Mm. But at one point, she has to play one clone who is pretending to be another clone. Right. And that I... is when you realize how fucking talented Tatiana Maslany is as an actress because yeah. she pulls it off. It's imp- seriously impressive. Okay, so let's uh, let's do a little hand wave and you guys can go back to your respective homes, houses, hovels, holes in the ground, wherever you want to sleep for the night. Liza finds a crow's nest at a ship, uh, even though they're <laughs> okay. in the middle of the, like, in the Ooh, middle of lost. no water. You're just in the uh, middle of the ocean somehow for the night? <laughs> yeah. Just, Where was this? No, don't yeah. ask. It's Liza. Don't ask. Yeah. We just moved Liza's token off the map, and that's where they stayed for a little while. I love the idea of that being like a shot in a show where it's just like Liza curled up in a crow's nest, and you pan out slowly, and there's just like a big stick in a puddle. <laughs> yes. And Liza's like, ah, my home on the sea. It's just yeah. like, Liza, you've never, you've never been out on a boat. They go like full Titanic on a piece of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Liza's like, this is my most important role I've ever played. Yeah, so you guys take your naps and meet back up in the morning, and uh, let's let's play a little bit of flavor text here, huh? Mm, welcome back to Madrigal, children. Madrigal's mornings appear to have returned to normal compared to your previous time here. Shops and vendors are mostly open. There is, however, an air of unease, because the Echoes occasionally still walk the streets. There's hurried shuffling and side eyes from nearly everyone when they see them, though they've kind of come to accept that the Echoes can do no harm, they're just unexplainable specters. The streets are crowded with many newly recruited soldiers gearing up to leave town, 
So many that you personally don't see any echoes, though Liza and Galtier, at one point you do see the remnants of purple ether across the bazaar. And Looking creepy, let's stay away from there. Super duper creepy. The King's Writ gives you access to the stables again, where you guys can finish gearing up, get some ponies, and head out. Well, I know that Liza needs one with no legs. No, Babatha gets dibs on the one with no legs. There's only one floating manatee, um, oh. and it's kind of, it's kind of Babatha's. It's a floating manatee. I mean, what do you think a horse with no legs is? It's just a manatee. What, just like all stables have carousel <laughs> rules where it's like any creature can be there. Yeah. Sea animal, land animal, doesn't matter, but they all move the same. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I like that. It's, it's just like, yeah, a, yeah there's, a whole, yeah. there's a whole regalia of animals in here. Right. Different sorts and types. Per, per, the, per the DMG and Nick's brain, <laughs> there are absolutely no benefits or or negative effects it has the same stats as a horse flavor wise you can have any mount you want but they all act like a horse cool 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 squirrel okay you are riding a giant squirrel no i'm riding two squirrels they are one on uh, each foot they're roller one on skates. each foot i am ro- i am roller skating <laughs> with squirrels <laughs> first of all it's a roller squirrel it's a roller it's, squirrel oh. Liza I'm, is a roller okay, squirrel. Okay, okay. Liza turns into Apollo Anton Ono and is just like speed skating. <laughs> oh god. This is so stupid. It's so it's so terrible. <laughs> it is so crazy to me that this might be a world that has no sports canonically because it's not a thing we've talked really about. Smally ball. In... Smally ball. Oh I forgot about Smally Ball. Okay, our, I would say our our so our second sport now is squirrel skating. It's well. It's roller squirrel. It's roll. It's roller derby. A, a, but official NFL football. It's royal roller derby. Um, so yeah, we've got a couple of sports canonical. Um, what kind of mount it's does Galtier find? It's insane to me that roller squirby makes the list at all. <laughs> of course it does. Um, Galtier wants like just a big white horse. Just the fanciest. Fucking if there's horse. if there's one that could dressage everywhere, that'd be preferred. The horse. Well, okay. It's rather boring, but if that's what you'd like. Galtier specifically uh, moves so that his uh, armor and jewelry glitters in the sun and says, Well, no, I wouldn't want to be so ostentatious as all that. <laughs> okay, so you can have a... <laughs> so you can have a dancing horse. Uh, Liza has a roller... Squirrel, what did we call him? Squirrel, roller, roller squates. Every time uh, Galtier stops, the horse has to do that thing where it turns like this. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I regret all of this right off the bat. <laughs> as much as I want to give you a dancing horse and use squirrel blades and a floating, no, you can you can roller slap a floating squates, manatee, motherfucker. <laughs> you squirrel, can... <laughs> squirrel blades is a very can... dangerous game. We don't. <laughs> Squirreler blades are just nunchucks with squirrels. <laughs> you can still have your floating horse, but also, Babitha. But also swords. <laughs> you can still have your floating horse, Babitha, because we've already established that. But I think that the other ones have to be regular-ass normal horses for the sake of my sanity. <laughs> I'll get um, you and your little I, squirrels, too. Yeah, I can't believe I can't believe I have to ex-name the squirreler blades. I don't know what they're called. Um... Okay, <laughs> let's get out of magical, guys. Nick is crying. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it's so, so ridiculous. <laughs> to the ones we lost. 
<laughs> to our own sanity those poor little floofs I don't know if we should raise a glass or pour one out but either way everyone bury an acorn for our homies <laughs> the red brick road leading from Madrigal to Astrovale is a familiar one for the first leg of the journey this is the same road you guys took on your way to and home from Clayton Springs just a week and a half ago this is the same road that you traveled with one Otis Thatherton the same low rolling hills covered in tall grass, whispering on the breeze. This is the same road where you witnessed the fireball in the sky explode into the very shards you now seek. Hot. In fact, you pass by the very location where the meteor destroyed the king's wagon. It looks like it's been thoroughly cleaned and the crater filled already, but the bricks on the road are noticeably less worn, and the earth around the road is clearly disturbed recently. We stop and uh, have a moment of silence. For what? You feel like you uh, didn't finish that sentence. friend of that died here. Oh, right. That guy had a name. Yeah, and it was... It, it was Artois. Timbo Artois. Sir Timbo. Artois. We did not know you. I don't feel anything. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. Let's move on. <laughs> um, okay, that was a very touching moment of silence. That's just Max talking. <clears throat> you know that the home road splits at the roadhouse, the roadhouse where we first met you guys. North up to Clayton Springs and in the other direction to the northeast. I'm sorry, to the northwest because I'm terrible at directions. The northeast. The northwest, where it winds through the Sirfindol mountain range until it reaches Astrovale on the far side. You guys travel this road for a little while. And then you see it. The roadhouse. This close to Madrigal, the roadhouse is fairly large, two-story, timber-framed, and it looks like it has a newly done red clay tile roof. Even a well-maintained stable is built onto the side, so you're welcome for giving you horses and not squirreler blades. You guys enter where it smells like fresh apple pie and stale cigarettes, just like last time. A dozen round tables are dotted around the room where a number of people lean over bowls of stew and gulp mead. Silence falls over the room for just a second as you enter, and the men in the room, probably 25, 30 soldiers, fully armored, gaze upon you. A single man in a fine blue chest piece emblazoned with the indigo lighthouse of Astrovale approaches Gaultier, hand outstretched. Ah, the Indigo Oath Knights of Astrovale have answered our king's call, Brother Crimson. I am Dagon Dosk, and this is my retinue. And then, from behind the roadhouse bar, an older woman with a length of red ribbon in her hair. I'll be with you in a moment. Take a seat if you don't mind. And you guys? Fucking whatever. <laughs> we <laughs> will see you next time on Knuckle Bones, 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 Bones. bones. I only hear the crunching of squirrel bones. The weirdest serial killer remix.
Dude, 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 under the skin.